and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low to blow your mind. We have jazz gear for you. All you have to do is come on by and see us. 1825 South, 300 West. We're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up momentarily for your daily assist. Of course, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. We'll get his thoughts on the Jazz. And uh, the home stretch, Gordon, is this regular season is uh, coming to an end quickly. Only a few games left. What, 13, right? Man, yeah, that's right. The playoffs are slated to start, was it May 22nd? What the, or is that after the play-in game? The play-in game might be before that, now that I think of it. Anyway, we're getting close. Yeah, they could. The Jazz could get the better part of a week off, actually, while that play-in game, that scenario is playing itself out. So that that certainly will be an advantage uh, going into the first round. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Go ahead, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Friday, Howard. How are you? Doing all right, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing uh, we're doing terrific. Uh, we're finally getting some nice weather here in Salt Lake. Hey, curiosity question. What's spring in New York like? Is it nice? Uh, it's a trick question. It depends on the day. Uh, like a couple days ago, it dropped into the 40s again here, and it was just brutal. And, like, the 40s, you know, if it's the middle of winter, a 45-degree day here, people are, like, in shorts. Like, it just feels great. Like, okay, it's, a, it's sunny and 45. It's but 40s in April is cruel because we've just gotten used to, like, oh, there's a couple of 65-degree days or something. Everybody gets, you know, feels nice. You go outside. And then all of a sudden it drops 20 degrees, and it's just it's like Mother Nature's just messing with us. So uh, it has bounced back to about 60 today. So, you know, not exactly like short sleeve shorts weather um, by most people's standards, but it's all right. Howard, what you just described sounded like springtime in the Rockies, didn't it, Jake? A little bit, yeah. Inconsistent, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Uh, Howard, let's let's talk a little uh, let's talk a little basketball. As much as Gordon and I do talk about the weather randomly, that is a thing. Gordon and I talk about the weather way too much. Uh, but uh, Jazz winning some games without Donovan Mitchell. What is it? Uh, and they're not playing the greatest competition necessarily, Howard. But what what does it say about a team that they can keep up uh, winning basketball games without their number one offensive guy? I think what's encouraging about it is if you know you think about what we've talked about before, where you know part of the uh, you know, skepticism about the Jazz and certainly skepticism that I have put some voice to occasionally on this show is that, well, what happens in the playoffs if Donovan Mitchell's got an off game if, or if the defense is totally geared toward, you know, stopping him or, um, you know, flustering him, making him less efficient? You know, does the offense have alternatives? Is there another gear? Is there another uh, way to attack that relies on everybody else? And so winning without 
Mitchell right now, I'm not saying it's some sort of preview or guide for the postseason, but I, I think it does build confidence and it does show that they've, they've got some alternatives. You, you know, you don't want to be too dependent on, on one player um, when it gets to the postseason. And, you know, we're getting close. Howard, there's no way you can answer this question directly or with exactness. But do you have a feeling for now that Jazz 44 and 15, they're two games up on the Suns with 13 games to play. You think they're going to take the top spot in the West? What's your gut telling you? I have not looked at remaining strength of schedule recently. That would be uh, one thing to uh, to to you know consider. Obviously, um, I'm going to actually pull it up while we're speaking. Um, my recollection is that Utah had one of the easiest schedules in the second yeah, half of the season anyway. And, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. they're still – yeah, they've got like the third easiest schedule. And Phoenix has, ooh, the fifth hardest schedule from here on out. So, yeah. um, based on that, I'm going to say that uh, the Chaz probably are going to take the top spot. It's well, weird, though, because the Suns – you know, Jake and I keep watching the Suns, and uh, they lost to the Celtics, but that win over the Sixers wasn't bad. And the win over the Bucks wasn't bad either. I mean – the Suns, I, we get the feeling that this team, uh, I mean, I know there are doubts uh, sort of to sweep away still, but that team's good. Yeah, the Suns are legit. I mean, it's I, I, guys, I cannot remember a year where the top two seeds, and if it turns out that, you know, like, I mean, like the, the, the Clippers could still, I guess, overtake the Suns or something. But um, assuming things hold, a year where the top two seeds are both teams that nobody saw coming like that Utah was going to be good fine that the Suns were going to be a playoff team fine but that they would be the top two seeds nobody saw nobody expected nobody could have predicted not even those teams and as a result um, it's hard for everybody to assess both of them and and so Phoenix is absolutely legit though Um, again like the Jazz they're not built like the typical modern day contender with like two or three you know top 10, top 12 guys or whatever. This is, again, it's not LeBron and AD. It's not Kawhi and Paul George. It's not, you know, it's not the Warriors super team. It's not the Heat super team. But the Suns have Devin Booker. And, and, and you know, it's not to diminish Chris Paul, but, like, he's a much older Chris Paul. You know, he's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's still playing at an incredibly high level, but this is not prime Chris Paul. So they've got one star and a bunch of really good players around him, much like the Jazz have, have you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, who are, you know, especially in Rudy's case, we've talked about as a different kind of star. So it's not the prototypical build for a contender for either of these teams. And so all the, you know, the, the analytics would tell you that these are these are legit contenders, and uh, you know, these are teams that are both strong at both ends of the court. Um, but it, it, I think it's still going to be well. Let's see what happens in the postseason. You know, um, and. The West is really weird right now because the Lakers are at the bottom part of the bracket, probably going to end up in that 4-5 matchup with Denver. And so now second round, I mean, like, do you really want to be number one (laughs) here like this? Because your reward will be second round, probably getting the defending champions. Um, that, That would be a reasonable expectation. Nuggets, you know, Lakers over Nuggets without Jamal Murray. And then, Second round for for Utah ends up being the Lakers. I, I that's so you know all the questions about are they legit and can they knock out the the, the more star studded teams? You know we'll we'll find out sooner than later. 
Speaking of star-studded teams, I saw that uh, James Harden had a setback with his hamstring. Are we getting to the point where we might not see a full-strength Brooklyn Nets team this year? Possible. Um, with only a few weeks left, I mean, this has been the story of their season, and and everybody's downplaying it. Well, you know, when you have that kind of talent, it doesn't matter. They don't need to play together. I think that's crazy. I mean, look, chemistry alone can't make a less talented team, um, you know, into a contender, right? Uh, but the, having the most talent doesn't mean that chemistry doesn't matter anymore. You know, you still need to, to figure out it's, it's not just pecking order or, or roles. It's, it's rhythm with each other. It's reading each other. It's what you do in crunch time. It's, if you, you know, it's, it's about, you know, kind of muscle memory in a way. And so, again, among the other things that we've never seen before, I don't think I've ever seen a team put together like this, kind of on the fly, where these three stars came together. Granted, two of them were already in the roster, but Durant had missed an entire season. But it's, it's, it's as if this team was formed three months ago. Mid-January, they get Harden. So Harden, Durant, and Kyrie come together mid-January, play whatever it's been, 17 games together over three months, <laughs> and that's it? And now they're going to go into the playoffs? I, I, I think there's legitimate or should be legitimate concerns. Uh, I, I don't think it's as simple as, well, they're supremely talented, they'll be fine. Um, and they might be. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know it, it's great having three guys who are all go-to guys in crunch time um, but I think Philly and Milwaukee can make a better case for just cohesion and stability and kind of a, a knowledge base of playing with each other. Howard, are you surprised that the Nuggets have won four straight after the loss of Jamal Murray? I mean, I'm not surprised, and it, it's still, you know, uh, you know, it's a short spurt, and then they're good wins. Um, I, I think it, it speaks well of them, um, but you know, the one thing I said when he went down was, you know, everybody immediately wrote them off as, as contenders. And I said, look, I, I get it. They're probably not going to win the West now. And they had a legit shot before he went down. They probably won't without their second best player. On the other hand, they've got some pretty nice depth. And picking up Aaron Gordon at the deadline, I think, you know, certainly was, was some help. Um, and Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. give them a lot of firepower. So, I I thought they still have, you know, a chance. Things have to break their way, but they've got a chance. Um, this is a really good team. And so, you know, I, I, I even though if it's a 4-5 Denver versus L.A., I'm going to expect if the Lakers are healthy for them to emerge, that's not really a knock on the Nuggets. And I do think the Nuggets still have a chance. Is Steph Curry playing well enough right now, Howard, that uh, you don't want to draw Golden State in the playoffs? Well, that's one of the other weird things when I was saying, you know, the West is so weird. Like, as you look over the, the standings and the um, the bracket itself, you know, there's a lot that's still in flux. And, yeah, the eighth seed, we don't know who that's going to be yet. Um, it's probably one of three teams, Memphis, San Antonio, or the Warriors. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, if, I'm the, if I'm the one seed, that's not the way I want to open the playoffs. You know, I, I – the Warriors, that, that roster is, is pretty poor overall, but we've seen what Steph is able to do and the, the level he's playing at. Um, like that's, you know, they, there's always the chance when you're playing against a, t- a player of that caliber 
that they can potentially pull the upset. I wouldn't expect it. I don't think that's what will happen. But Steph Curry is not the guy you want to draw in the first round, even with this roster around him. Well said. Another team that's uh, not too far from where you are, Howard, uh, the New York Knicks. I mean, they've they've always sort of uh, been sort of going beyond expectation, but winning eight straight now? What's going on with that team? Um, they're way better than we could have known even a couple months ago when they, you know, they got off to a really strong start and it was, and some of it was the, um, the the almost expected version of this, right? Tom Thibodeau comes in, preaches defense, demands, you know, that these guys play up to a certain level and get some of his guys in here, Taj Gibson trade for Derek Rose. And so some short term burst was not out of the question whether it was going to be sustainable was always the the curiosity. I did not think they could keep the defense at this level, top three type level throughout the season. And I was clearly wrong on that. Um, and Julius. It looks like we lost Howard. <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll try and get Howard back. Uh, we still have a couple more minutes with him, but uh, it, it is the big show live from the warehouse, 1825 South 300 West. Uh, price Jake, is so low to blow your mind. Yeah, Gordon. Could you see a scenario where Thibodeau gets coach of the year over Quinn and uh, everybody else? And Monty Williams is kind of the other one that uh, Williams, everybody's yeah. talking about, right? Uh, all right, let's uh, – oh, Howard uh, joins us again. You, Howard, Austin, you... hang, Austin hung up on you, Howard. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Just... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's never really liked me. Yeah. Way to throw Austin right under <laughs> oh, the bus, too. Oh, I'm kidding. Way to, way to go. <laughs> uh, Howard, you, finish uh, your thought. You were talking about the Knicks. So the defense has sustained much longer uh, you know, at a high level than I think anybody certainly that I expected. Um, and then Julius Randle. I mean, Julius Randle has worked his way into the all-NBA conversation. That's going to be tough for him to actually make it because there's a ton of uh, forwards who are who are deserving. But I don't know, again, <laughs> all the other unusual things about this season. This is a theme. Julius Randle is in year seven and made this crazy leap from really good, solid player who you might want as your third or fourth guy to being a leading man. Um, I don't know if he's a leading man on a contender, but whatever. Who cares right now? Um his three-point shooting has has taken a leap that is almost never seen for a player who's been in the league this long. His defense, probably in large part because of Thibodeau, uh, has has taken a leap. He's become a great passer. Um, His assists are way up. He's just this do-it-all, you know, uh, uh, hub of that offense now. And so the the two things that you could not have, have known for sure would be whether they could play defense at this level without, you know, you know, you know, a, a defensive profile. Like they had a couple defensive players, but you didn't really think this team had a defensive profile in terms of personnel. They have kept it up. You didn't know if Julius Randle could keep playing at this level, given that the first six years of his career, he was never anywhere near this level. So um, these are these are things you can't see coming. This is why sports is, are, are, are so much fun. This is why it's great. You can't like there's as you can analyze everything to death and still not see everything coming um so they're they're legit um i don't know where they'll finish it's still very uh packed up in in the east standings from about four where the knicks are now all the way down through i mean there's like a a a half a game or so separating or you know game and a half separating fourth and seventh 
Um, and there's, you know, look, there are teams behind the Knicks that are absolutely underachieved, which has helped them. And it's not to diminish what the Knicks have done, but it's, it's just a fact. The Celtics have underachieved. The Heat have underachieved. The Pacers have underachieved. Um, the Hornets have overachieved, but uh, um, noting them because they're in that same stratosphere there, or that same strata of the standings, where I think there's just going to still be a lot of movement over the next few weeks. So we'll see where the Knicks finish, but they're going to be in the playoffs and ending the second longest drought in the NBA. Um, Phoenix having the first, or excuse me, Sacramento has the first longest drought, and then it's, then it's the uh, the Suns and the Knicks. So the Knicks have the third longest drought, um, and so two of those three will will uh, will end their droughts, and it will just be the Sacramento Kings. Howard, the Jazz have two games coming up with the T Wolves uh, Saturday and Monday, and uh, curious to your thoughts on Anthony Edwards and what you've seen out of him. I mean, we've all kind of seen the highlight dunks, but uh, what do you think about his potential? He's been he's been amazing. He's been a revelation. I, you know, I talked to people who in the season who were pretty down on him, and he obviously got off to kind of a slow start. But I mean, you know, the more he's had the ball in his hands, and, and the more rope they've given him to to just kind of do his thing, um, he's been he's been great. Uh, he's obviously a really exciting player. He's a lot of fun to watch, and you know, I always say like if you if you're going to have a, a team that's losing a lot of games, at least be entertaining. Um, maybe from a competitive standpoint, they're not night in, night out, but uh, but they, you know, he can put on a show, and he does. I don't know what his ceiling is yet. Is he is he going to be just you know a highlight reel? Can he be a perennial All Star? Something more? Um, you know, that those those are the questions that that we won't know for some time. Howard, you were talking earlier about Julius Randle and his uh, advancement after being in the league a while. The Jazz have a couple of players coming off their bench who have been mentioned as possible six-man-of-the-year uh, award winners, uh, namely uh, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. Clarkson uh, seems to be the favorite uh, to get that award, but uh, and he's averaging 17.5 points a game and has been a real plus for the Jazz. But Joe Ingles, Howard, is shooting at 70% effective field goal percentage. I mean, that, he, he seems to have suddenly gotten better. And I know these things don't happen suddenly. They probably work their butts off to get this done. But the combination of those two players working hard and Quinn Snyder being willing to utilize them to their strengths seem to be making a difference, even though Joe is like 55 years old now and, and Jordan has been in the league for seven years, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of it is just, you know, the the, the system that they, that they uh, have deployed this year and – um, they have, you know, made it a priority to, to create, you know, a lot of open, uh, a lot of open shots on the perimeter, and, and Ingles doesn't need, you know, you know, just just, you know, he doesn't need a, you know, a, a formal invitation, right? So um, maybe maybe he's getting like I, somebody's broken this down somewhere, I'm sure, but maybe he's got more open shots than than he had in the past, and, and maybe it's just that. Um, I don't know, you know, is it is it sometimes it's not a guy shooting better, sometimes it's a guy getting better shots, right? Um, sometimes it's a combination of things. But I also think that in Jordan Clarkson's case, like ever since he got there a year plus ago, like this has been the best version of Jordan Clarkson I think we've seen in the NBA. So that's, you know, credit to the Jazz and to, to Clarkson for um, that evolution because I think this is, you know, this is the best version of him we've seen. I am curious, what are they saying there if it's going to come down to this, is like when it was Lou Williams versus Montrezl Harrell for sixth man. Like, how how is uh, how is Utah feeling about those two? Like, who's who's the nod going to locally? How would you rate that, Jake? 
I don't know if there is, uh, Howard. It was kind of assumed that Jordan Clarkson was the front runner for so long. I don't know how much people have considered Ingles. So I don't know. I don't know if there's. I think they just love to see the recognition for either one. Let me put it that way. Is that too lame of an answer to your question? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's all right. <laughs> Pretty lame. Yeah, I know. That's all, I'll be better. <laughs> I mean, they're they're both going to be on there. I, I think they'll, you know they both get a lot of votes. The, you know, it, the, there tends to be a kind of a simplistic version of, of this voting where it just goes to whoever has the most points off the bench. And so Jordan Clarkson fits the, the prototype for sixth man of the year in that regard. Um, but it's hard to overlook Ingles' efficiency. Now, those are not numbers that people, you know, glance at or, or, or you know, notice as, as quickly. So for Ingles to, to win it, somebody has to really make the case for him. Um, and the Jazz can't make the case for him because they're arguing against their, their other own guy. Yeah. So, um, but, but he'll get some support. You know, the, but I, I really love those stories to see these guys get better as time goes by because a lot of times we just classify players early on as to what they are. And Joe Ingles is a guy who, you know, he started out in, in the uh, playing for the, the, uh, the Melbourne South Dragons or whatever they were called, and he's playing over in the Spanish League and not really getting a whole lot of minutes over there. He gets cut by the Clippers, and then he joins the Jazz in like 2014-15, and since then it's been a steady climb. And I, I don't know, there's just something about that that speaks to the human spirit that guys can – the guys really can get better if they work hard, you know. It's I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, but I think it's kind of cool. It, no, but you're not. I mean, and I think it's I think that's real, and I think it's important, and it's it's why I always try to you know remind myself and remind you know fans that it's, we can't judge guys too harshly their first year or two in the league. That you never know when a guy is going to blossom or who's going to work how hard um, when they'll when they'll you know when something falls into place, something clicks, or maybe. You, Maybe you just needed to be on a different team. Maybe you needed a different coach. Um, and sometimes it is just a matter of how hard a guy works in the offseason. And, and so, yeah, like these things aren't static. Howard, you are the best. Thank you so much, as always, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Appreciate it, fellas. You too. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I don't know, uh, Gordon, that's an interesting question. Is the, is the fan base divided? Are there Camp Ingles and Camp Clarkson? And he's right about the <laughs> franchise. The franchise can't really lobby because, what, are you going to lobby against your own guy? Well, I, I just watching a game the other night. I know it was against Houston. But uh, Jordan Clarkson is effective like he typically is. He, he's he's had some really hot streaks, and he's gone through some periods where he wasn't shooting quite as well. But Joe Ingles right now, if I mean, if he if you just see him launch a three, don't you uh, don't you just sort of figure it's going in? I mean, the odds are just as good that it's going to go in from distance, which is pretty rare, pretty rare. And so I mean, Joe's playing terrific. The, I think only, the only criticism I can have find for Joe is that every once in a while his passes are a little too casual. But, you know, he's the Jazz's third point guard. He really is. Behind Mike Conley and, and Donovan Mitchell. And he oftentimes he initiates the offense, so it's more than just being a catch-and-shoot guy from three. We see him in the in the pick-and-roll with uh, Rudy Gobert and others. It's he, he's, a, he's a valuable cog with the Jazz. And I think when... When the Jazz extended him at that pretty nice contract, some people wondered whether he was worth it, but sure seems like he is. 
I seem to remember an argument you and I had when uh, one of us said he should just stand in the corner and shoot threes, and the other of us said, boy, his game is about so much more than that that'd be wasting Joe Ingles. I think you were arguing with somebody else over mm, that. wonder who that was. Yeah, Maybe that must have been must have been Johnny Lightfoot. Probably. <laughs> All right, we'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned. Joining us now, though, we are at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Our friend Christopher Tof jumping on with us once again. What's going how's on, Tof? How's it going? Hey, let's let's get the word out to our listeners. This this is an extra special sale. This is an extra spe- special sale for extra special time, man. We we love our Jazz. We're doing so well. We're still in the first seed, right? How about that? Killing it by two games now. By two games, Suns are catching up, but we're still doing great. I mean, I've been a fan of Joe, like you were just saying, for literally since since he signed that first contract. Uh, we picked him up from the Clippers that like his first like four games. I remember him He's watching. A fan favorite. Um, yeah, we're doing some big things here at the warehouse. Uh, like I said, ten years of the warehouse history. We're selling that we applied and we were approved, chosen to do a nationwide manufacturer approved liquidation. That means sh- shipments come in. We need to fill our space of stuff we already have, so that means they need to fly off our floors. Half a million dollars in inventory that were ordered for us, we need to get it off our floors. We're talking name brand, hardwood furniture. So one deal that we're doing is, so we're watching our jazz games. You need a TV console. A TV console that I used to order and sell for about 700 bucks this weekend, 298 Wow, that much. Off the already rock-bottom price. It's It's incredible. This is hardwood. It's got two drawers. So they're sliding, gliding drawers. Perfect as a TV stand, an entertainment center. Hop on the couch, watch our Jazz win some more games. All right. Take advantage of it. 1825 South, 300 West, up to 80% off. Everything's got to go. They need to make room. And you can help by taking advantage of these great deals. 1825 South, 300 West. Christopher, thank you, sir. Boom. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time now to welcome in John Beck, the former BYU quarterback, now a QB coach. I wanted to ask you about the intangibles because it seems like Zach Wilson really wants it. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. I do believe that Zach Wilson has a great mindset, a great work ethic. There are times I almost feel like I'm talking to my younger self. And maybe that's why Zach and I feel like we click so well and connect so well because I can say something in a way that it's as if I'm giving my 20-year-old self advice on this end and it works for Zach and he totally gets it and I think that that's why this has been you know such a good thing and I'm super excited for the future I do believe that Zach Wilson does so many right things I believe the way that he has his makeup set right now is putting him in a good place and then he's gonna have to keep working at it catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network what time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. bell, bell. Bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. The Jazz are currently two games up on the Phoenix Suns for the best record in the Western Conference, coming off a win over uh, the Houston Rockets, a win in which uh, both Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley were plus 40. 
uh, for actually 46 and 44 respectively in the plus minus category. Joe Ingles reacted to those huge numbers. If you're in the 40s, that's that's pretty impressive. So um, I don't know who or if anyone looks at that or people, I don't know, is it a real, is, do people really take that to, you guys know more than I do. If someone's probably written an article on it, I know Andy's written some silly article on bloody plus minus or something. Um, no, I don't, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I couldn't care less. If we, if we win the game and I'm minus whatever, like as long as we win, I'm I'm cool. So I, like I said, I think it shows the impact those guys have for, for sure. Um, I couldn't care less about mine, but if they did talk about trying to keep mine down, then that's really selfish of them. <laughs> There's Joe. Up next, uh, the Jazz have a couple of games against Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Saturday night in Salt Lake. Monday night in Minneapolis, Saturday's game tips off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Looky here, Gordon. They got your column up. Gordon Monson, the J- Utah Jazz have a luxury. Two sixth men, their frick and their frack, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. I know exactly who wrote that headline. Who? You. I may have. Actually, my headline, did. My, my headline was a little different, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's fine. I know, but didn't our friend Kurt Cragthorpe uh, come on and say he wanted to go uh, back through the uh, the history of Gordon Monson columns to see how many times he used the term frickin' frack? No, that was somebody else. Who was that? I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but it wasn't Kurt. <laughs> it wasn't Kurt? Who was it then? I don't know. Somebody. doesn't really matter. But was it PK? Do you know who Frick and Frack were? Uh, Bob Frick and uh, Carl Frack? <laughs> oh, they were a couple of they're, ice they're, skaters. It was Carl Frick from, and Bob Frack. Oh, they were from uh, Switzerland. Uh, they were inseparable. So, anyway. Like they, they were conjoined? No, not literally. Oh, well, now but it's the, so it's not a saying, it's people? Yeah, it's a, those are real people. It's a saying, too. Did you create the saying? No, it's taken on sort of a a slang thing, uh, frick and frack. It's it's kind of like um, two two people who are or two things that are similar and connected. Oh, it was a it was a co- comedy troupe. The it wasn't they weren't real like Olympic no, ice skaters. No, but they were ice skaters. It's not even yeah. their real names. Oh, so that's not even that's like stage names. Yeah, it's oh, like uh, itchy and scratchy. <laughs> His name was Hans Mach. <laughs> yeah, but he went, one went by Frick and one went by Frack. And the other one was Werner Grubli. 
right. Huh. So who's uh, who's uh, so, Derek so Frick and who's uh, who's <laughs> Donald Frack in this uh, circumstance? Is is Joe Frick? No, no. I think uh, Jordan is Frick, and Joe is Frack. Look up uh, the Urban Dictionary, Frick and Frack, <laughs> Austin. It'll, it'll tell you what what. That's uh, exactly what I'm reading from. Yeah. Is it? Oh, okay. Is it uh uh is it like a dirty word? Should we be dumping no, this? No, 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 no. Are you Why, are you taking us down a road slang? that's going to get us in dirt? trouble? It's been no. adopted for those who are seemingly inseparable in a work partnership or strong friendship. Okay, I'm just saying. Anytime somebody tells you go to the Urban Dictionary, you always kind of like. Now, if you minute. go down to definition seven of it then we're talking yeah right that's what i'm saying are you getting us into something we don't want gordon i I remember uh i mean how long would this this would have been (laughs) how am i supposed to follow that up come on hey this is your Uh, term so in like 1985 i want to think somewhere along in there I wrote. I was. Uh, I was doing some research on a uh, on the UCLA. Uh, <laughs> it was a. It was a book of slang, uh, written by a bunch of uh, students at UCLA, and it was. A, it was a slang dictionary, and and it 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 was filled with slang terms. Jake, I want you to guess what. What the two most common denominators were in in the most frequent usage of slang? Uh, gall and darn it. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it revolved around two subjects. One was uh, relations, as it were, and the other was drinking. Oh. What would uh, what would be slang for drinking? Oh, like. Uh, Worship the porcelain god, you know. But that's uh, throwing shoot. up. That's not drinking. Yeah, but it was on account of dr- the drinking that was you made. Better not be drinking from the porcelain guy. Yeah, that's something else. Uh, St. Bernard? <laughs> Chewing the cheese, you know, that kind of thing. The Chewing the cheese. That's throwing the te- up, too. That is throwing yeah, up. It is this, from drinking too much. This is all throwing up. It could be, you could throw up from anything. I know, but th- this was connected to partying in college, and then there are a whole bunch of slangs for the other slang words for the other that I don't really want to get into. But this Either. was a li- this was a, a li- this was an actual literary class uh, at UCLA, and they the kids put this uh, put this collection together. It was rather exhaustive. You think you think that's going to help somebody get a job? <laughs> Don't ask me. You, you I'm not. That's gonna, I'm not in charge help. of the curriculum at uh, at the University of California, Los Angeles. You think that's going to help prepare young people for uh, for a professional life? I don't know. It might. It, you know, it's just it's one class out of many classes that one would be required to take in order to graduate in, say, English. And there is usage for English. Uh, you know, as far as ability to speak and write. There's no way that that class was a requirement for an English degree. Uh, it was part of it, yeah. Well, it wasn't a requirement. I mean, it was probably just one of those offshoot deals, but they made a lot of money selling that thing. 
Isn't it? Doesn't it kind of feel like they're inventing a class to take more money from the student? Uh, UCLA is tough to get into, man. You got to be a good student to get in that place. I think. I didn't say anything of the sort. I mean, it, but it'd be like, uh, you know, like, oh, what, what could we, what class could we teach to, you know, get some more tuition out of these? Guys? Oh, come on, Jake. There's, are you one of those people that just uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic? Is that? I mean, there, you can expand into all kinds of different uh, subject areas. Okay. I. I'll, uh, all I know is when I came home and told my father that I was taking bowling one semester, he <laughs> rolled his eyes and said, do you think that's going to help you get a job after you're done? It might. I mean, and I don't I said, know. No, Dad, you probably have a point there, but I'm going to take it anyway. Yeah, you take the bowling class, and then you you can go out with your associates and show them how good you are. And then when you when you get a strike, you can yell, who do you think you are? I am. I get your points. In fact, in fact, we have gone bowling with uh, your work associates before. You were there and I was there. Austin wasn't there because I don't think he was invited. Good. And I don't think the class I took really had anything to do with with that, other than it's just a coincidence that we bowled with our, <laughs> it, our it coworkers once. No, it could help. If you're really good at something, it could help uh, grease the skids a little bit for you. I've always thought that about people who play good golf. All the, you know, all the bosses, all the folks at work want like the, the guy who's a good golfer. Because a lot of business gets done on the golf course. And if you're good, people are naturally drawn to you. Uh, Have you me. ever noticed this? I dislike the guy that is good at golf and knows it. Uh, I think that's... That's kind of unusual. Fine. Austin's a spiteful man. Most people really like somebody who who can really scrape it around the course. Let me tell you this. If you're hiring somebody to do uh, that <clears throat> just because they're good at golf, at anything other than, you know, like pro shop manager or something, then you're you're probably looking at the wrong credentials. I, I, I'm telling you right now. He's not a doctor, the, but I let him perform in, my surgery when yeah, I saw how good no, Oh, my gosh, the, did you see the, him strike that three-wood? In the business world. He got up and down two, from you 70. Take, you take two people uh, from whatever background <laughs> – who are equal in their talents in the office. If one's a good golfer, guess who's getting the job? I don't think so. I, I'd like uh, to see I some do. I'd like to see some statistical evidence to back up that take. Uh, I'll bet you it's right. I don't know it for a fact, but I've seen it happen. That's ridiculous. I'm I'm guessing it's not. I, I, look, I'm telling you right now, we have listeners right now that are bobbing their heads up and down going, I know exactly what Monson's talking about. I guarantee you there are people out there right now who are saying he's right. And they're probably saying, I usually disagree with him, but in this case, he's right. Because hey, why didn't you get that it. job, Bob? Oh, my <laughs> handicap isn't where it needs to be. I have some bad rounds and it, it slips, so, you know. <laughs> Terrible. Kyle, I was in the 80s the other night or the other day, and it, it cost me a gig. You know, I'm six figures, you, too. It was rough. I got to hit the, the putting green. If you're a two or a three, you're getting the job. I'm telling uh, you. Right. Uh, all right. Not Sports Port is next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It was me.
time for the Not Sports Sport. Shout out to Misty for coming in here to the warehouse, grabbing some jazz gear and dropping me off some delicious muffins. Look at that. 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. The warehouse. Time for the Not Sports Sport brought to you by the Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Kristen Kenny will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But until then, Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to New Hampshire. And we're going to Looney Town, I think, a little bit here. But, uh, you know, there's been this um, this uh, plethora of uh, gender reveals out there. People seem to be finding all kinds of clever ways, original ways to announce uh, whether their baby is going to be a girl or a boy. And uh, in southern New Hampshire, uh, some folks got a little carried away with this reveal, and it included a large explosion that may or may not have knocked some houses off their foundations. So let's uh, give the news report a listen. The explosion happened at the quarry at the end of the road here behind me, and neighbors say it was like nothing they've ever heard before. Right in that moment, the ground starts shaking. We hear this huge boom. It was around dinner time on Tuesday evening when these Kingston residents were rocked by a loud explosion. Just before 7 o'clock, we heard this god-awful blast. It shook houses in surrounding neighborhoods and was even captured on a doorbell cam from the next town over. This was no notice. It was one of the loudest. I had pictures fall off my walls. They called 911 and waited for Kingston police, but in the meantime, social media lit up. People as far south as the Merrimack Valley were wondering what had happened. Some claimed it was an earthquake, but that's not the case. Kingston police confirm it was, in fact, a gender reveal using explosives. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, I'm all up for, for silliness and whatnot, but I mean, that was extreme. Authorities tell us they're still investigating, but they believe the people involved used a legal explosive called Tannerite and had permission to be on the Torromeo property. They crack foundations of our neighbors, so I don't know how that's, that's right. Police also say they've seen the gender reveal video and confirm it's a boy. And while neighbors are well aware of this explosive new trend, they say this gender reveal is too much for a small town. It was ridiculous. I get that it's a big moment for people and they want to celebrate, but like safety first. Wow. <laughs> they, they noticed it in the next town over? I felt mean, like an earthquake damaged the knocked houses off foundations. There's only one thing to do with this. Uh, it's a boy, so they need to name that boy Boomer. Uh, uh. Uh, I just uh, honestly, I I'm not all that familiar uh, with uh, what what what's it called, uh, Austin Tannerite. Uh, I'm not that familiar with it, but it, uh, I'm a little concerned that you can buy enough of it to do that. Anybody else? Oh yeah, anybody absolutely. else? Just just some regular. <laughs> They've heard citizen. of the state of Florida, right? You think we're doing this in New Hampshire? What are they going to do with it in Florida? Yeah, right. I mean, shouldn't you be able? To, like, shouldn't there be a limit on that or something? You know, yeah, I mean, just a, a couple of young parents shouldn't be able to go out and buy that much Tannerite. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't feel. Shouldn't really you be right. like the king or president of something, a uh, country, to, before you can do that? Yeah. Like, can you can you just go out and buy a ton of dynamite? Don't you have to have some sort of license or something to do that? 
or be an Acme uh, villain. Yeah, I think those are the rules. Yeah, you're either Wiley Coyote or or some uh, licensed professional. Whatever happened to the whole idea of having maybe uh, a, a pink balloon and a blue balloon, or I don't know, any kind of identifier you want and just open a box? I mean, isn't that good enough? Do you have to blow up the neighborhood? Or how about just, uh, you know, like... I know this is this is pretty out there, but just uh, you know, you open an envelope and you pull out a piece of paper <laughs> and it says either boy or girl, and then you say, "Yay, we're so happy!" Just a review. It cracked the foundations on houses and knocked the pictures off of walls in the houses in three neighborhoods over. I mean, shouldn't I mean, these people be arrested? Honestly, <laughs> yes. I, I shouldn't they be arrested? I mean, that's a lot of property damage. I mean, I don't know what the laws are in New Hampshire, but can you just really go around setting off explosives like that? Like, that doesn't feel like it should be legal. Like, I feel like there should be some consequences to this one. Matt, the people that burned down the whole forest with their gender reveal, they got arrested. Uh, rightfully so. Sorry, Junior, but uh, Mom and Dad are going to be in the clink for the first uh, part of your existence. <laughs> no, that might be a little bit extreme. <laughs> but, but we know maybe. you'll be a boy. Uh, I guess. Wow! Yeah, it's a boy. All right. Well, uh, it sure with, is. With any now, of the now, now, everybody in the county knows it. And hopefully, the that boy will be born in the uh, the county jail with any luck. <laughs> it's why do people have to outdo each other? I mean, what's the deal with that? I I don't know. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to go. I was going well, to make a car joke, but I'm not going to do that. Gordon's right. When we start crossing the line towards domestic terrorism, then we've gone too far with the gender reveal. I agree. What are I, you going to do with your baby, Jake? Uh, you just going to announce that it's a baby girl or baby boy, whatever, because you don't know. No. And Naz, Naz's date is, is coming up, and so... You, you, are you going to do something special? Or are you just going to send out a, a, a text or a I tweet think you should a... paint Gordon's house pink and in his next-door neighbor's house blue and whichever it is, bulldoze that house. I'm going to. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, little, that's a little violent. <laughs> You're going to what? I'm, yeah, I'm going to set off a pipe bomb to my neighbor uh, in my neighbor's <laughs> house to the north if it's a boy and uh, to the south if it's a girl. And if it's and surprise every, twins, one of each. Sorry, yeah, you're both yeah, losing. You're both in trouble. And yeah. everybody, and everybody will know. Yeah, everybody, uh, everybody will know. Be like, oh well, uh, there goes the Cahoon's house. So we know it was a, bo- <laughs> it was a boy. <laughs> Mazel tov, Jake. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we're live here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred <laughs> West. Uh, Salt Lake location. Christopher joining us uh, again. I I like it when Mama comes down to the remotes. By the way, your wonderful mom. It's it's fun, man. It is fun. She's yeah. great. She she's wonderful. Well, it, you know, and, and we don't talk about this enough. Of course, uh, Christopher. This is a family. This is a family run operation. You know, you guys are are uh, a great team. Yeah, um, it's been. I mean. There's been a lot of changes, as I'm, I'm sure everybody knows, with my dad being gone. Um, I've been, we've been filling in for him now since mid-July. Listening to that last bit, I couldn't resist not making a joke about prices so low it'll 
boom, blow your mind. Yeah. Like <laughs> a, not literally like that. <laughs> like a gender reveal. But. You won't uh, knock Costco off its foundation necessarily, <laughs> right? If Third West is completely upside by the time you get here, your prices were just too low, man. We're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. No, the, the these prices are amazing. You guys are, are selling furniture at incredible prices because, frankly, you got to get rid of it. And on, on the note that you were saying earlier, it's just it's been a family tradition now for a good time. We've been selling, celebrating 10 years of the warehouse just doing this sell this weekend. So it's it's a good time to come in. No time better than this. Uh, one thing we're doing is what we're famous for. Everybody knows us for it. Our adjustable beds. You take your pick, king or queen size. Head up and foot up. By the remote control, a motor adjusts the angle of your head so you sleep in the most comfortable position for you. If we're talking about a split king, that's two bases, two mattresses in the size of a king. Get your king bed, two bases, two mattresses. That's 10-inch memory foam gel-infused mattress. Not 4500 bucks like the guys down the street. That's 2199 this weekend. Unbelievable. You've got to take advantage of it. If you thought uh, that you could not afford an adjustable bed, you can. And you can afford the best adjustable bed. That's an amazing deal. Like I said, you go down the street. I was quoted back a couple months ago. I went into a store, and you know how we do it. You know, yeah, yeah. kind of go, and you grab the guy, and you show, show me the best one you got. Uh-huh. He quoted me 5200 bucks wow. for two bases, two mattresses. We have the exact same mattress on our floor. We do a deal. It's a little bit more expensive than this. Got to, but you got an upgrade. This one's ten inch mattress, memory foam with gel infused, twenty one ninety nine. Wow, that is incredible. You have got to take advantage of it. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. That's uh, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. It's the warehouse. Thanks, Dove. Thank you so much. All right, Kristen Kinney will join the show coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.